Welcome to the My Home, My Mission podcast, a conversation about life at the intersection of faith and family. Welcome back to the My Home, My Mission podcast. We're in week three of a really special series of podcasts. We've been talking about marriage. We've been talking about some of the the dangers, some of the things to look out for. And we've got Chris and his wife, Jody here with us hey, man. in the studio. And so... Uh, glad to have them back. And so to, all that to say, if uh, if you're listening into this series for the first time, go back a couple episodes, listen to the first one, because you don't want to miss the kind of the explanation about where we are and how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talk of exactly how we got here. So, uh, no, never mind. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let it go. So let's get into some more of these. Yeah. So um, we've talked about of the 10 different foxes. We've covered the first five. So today we're going to jump in on the the danger, the fox, if you will. Fox coming from Song of Solomon 2.15. Catch a little foxes, the little foxes for us that are ruining the vineyard while it's in blossom. And uh, it's that instruction to go look for dangers and root them out. And this one we're going to kick off with the subject of laziness. And uh, which sounds really positive, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, but laziness can seem to be related to kind of inattention, which is one of the places we talked last week. Um, but it differs because inattention hasn't tried to know if things are good. Okay, it's just kind of assumed things are good. It's apathetic. Laziness says I know something's amiss, but I'm not willing to invest what's necessary in order to correct it. I know something's off. I see something's off. I recognize something's off, but I'm not willing to do anything to try to make it better. So we know something's wrong with communication, but rather than deal with a potential blow up, we just let it go. We just try to uh, we just try to let it flow. Um, you know, not deal with it. Uh, let love cover a multitude of sins. All that fun stuff. But I was um, going to say that laziness can um, also come from many, many opportunities of where we have actually worked through a situation. And it's and from a, from my perspective, something I've experienced in the past, it's like, I don't want to um, come across weak and bring it back up again. Uh, because I should I should really be able to deal with this within my own soul. And uh, that really ends up becoming a sense of pride. And but I tell myself, well, just be like a duck's back. Let it roll right off and and work through it. Take it to the God, t- take it to God, journal about it, pray about it and just just get through this. And but the whole point is really trying to avoid having another intense or deep conversation. Mm. And so therefore, it goes back to being lazy from doing the harder thing. Uh, and and I really just end up getting myself in a mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would go, I'd go a step further on laziness and say laziness is not just not doing something. Laziness is actually active disobedience to God. Mm -hmm. So those tough conversations are actually part of how God disciples us. If you think Matthew 5, uh, Jesus said, if you're on your way to the altar and you realize that um, uh, someone's got something against you, Mm -hmm. stop what you're doing, leave your offering there, go and find that person, be reconciled, and then come back. There's something off in the relationship. Go fix it before you even come to worship. And then in Matthew 18, uh, over in this reconciliation, it says if you see someone who's got a problem in their life, they're out of fellowship with God, don't ignore it. Go have a tough conversation with them one-on-one and see if you can restore them in fellowship. If you don't, 
if they're not restored, go take two or three. If that doesn't go before the whole church, whatever it takes to restore that relationship. Jesus didn't put those in the, the uh, 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 offering good ideas advice category. They're imperatives, they're commands. You must go and do this. And I'm convinced that he uses those confrontations, those conflicts that are rooted in love, rooted in good intentions, rooted in, in the gospel. He uses those to help people be shaped and conformed to look like him. So to not do that, we actually demonstrate a lack of love or we demonstrate a hatred toward our brother or sister, or in this case, our spouse, by not talking about the things that are so essential to them from that standpoint. And the Bible uniformly speaks of laziness in negative terms, always. Uh, Proverbs 24, verses 30 and following, it says, I walk by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. And I saw it was overgrown with nettles, it was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. This is not somebody who went on a tear with a sledgehammer and started tearing down stuff. This is a guy who just didn't do the pieces he needed to do. And then one day, suddenly he looks up and now the the weeds have taken over, the walls have come down, the predators are in and among, and it's bad. Now, as Jody said, sometimes you don't want to get involved in the laziness aspect of it because you don't want to, you don't want to risk it. You don't want to change it. You don't want to mess it up. But can I just say, laziness never leads to contentment. It never leads to a better place. It always leads to a lesser place. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this phrase, well, just sweep it under the rug. Well, <laughs> after you sweep a few of these things under the rug, you begin tripping over the big bulge that's under the, the rug. On. That's got to be a preacher line right there. <laughs> oh, no, that's cool. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to steal that. And so you're not doing yourself any good. You're not doing your marriage any good. You're not loving well. You're not loving as Christ when you sweep it under the rug. And if it's just if it's bad timing, well, just remember to bring it up at the right timing. And but don't not address it. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. So I think I don't mean I don't know Jordan if you've ever seen laziness pop up in different relational contexts or whatever. But I I think this is a big deal. This is one of those you can almost it's Christianize a, it and call it grace or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a huge deal, and and I think it it goes back to that. Uh, that very first one we talked about in the the first of these episodes, selfishness, whenever you, uh, uh, well, and so I've got a, my family, we've got little kids. And so we have chores that they do and that kind of thing. It's like uh, when I come home and I see that there's dishes in the, in the sink that were supposed to be done. And, and I said, walking out the door, you're, I want you to do those today (laughs) to, to my son or to somebody um, they know they're supposed to do it. They know the problems there, and then they don't do it. That's that's where it feels like selfishness, and where it starts to be more than uh, it didn't get fixed. It didn't. Uh, we didn't pay attention to it, but then it starts to be a relational issue that you have, and so it's a big one. Yeah, I think, man, that's a great example. And you know, as Jody said, these things never go away. If you sweep them under the rug, they just grow yep. bigger. So. Uh, you end up one day, this never happened to anyone listening to our podcast, but one day <laughs> something blows up and then you start getting a laundry list of the last 47 failures that took yeah. place. Yeah. And now you're trying to defend or answer to or apologize yeah. for stuff that has blown way out of proportion yeah. simply because you didn't do what you were supposed to do in the short term. A huge one to guard against and look out for. 
Yeah. Um, what about unguarded boundaries? Man, this is this is a big big deal, especially in our context today. So um, we could talk about it from the standpoint of like sexual boundaries or communication boundaries, but it could be boundaries of time. Uh, it could be boundaries of attention, boundaries of focus, boundaries of work, boundaries of activity. Uh, but I think so one of the big areas are when it crosses over from a boundary standpoint and gets into communication, um, usually with members of the opposite sex. So it becomes kind of that seedbed toward jealousy uh, or things of that nature. So if we were defining it, I don't know, Jody, if you'd agree with this, but I would say it's a failure to guard our core values or commitments in marriage. Um, it doesn't place the marriage as sacrosanct. It allows other things to come up on the attention scale to a place equal to uh, the values of the marriage. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and I'd also use the word um, when we allow things to encroach um, past those boundaries. Uh, for instance, if uh, the communication, um, your spouse is having um, excessive communication with someone else or um, that, you know, basically that becomes threatening. Again, we're talking about the dangers and foxes to be aware of. And then also out of bounds of the content that you're sharing with someone. Uh, I know that sometimes uh, people uh, can tend to um, slowly find that they can share things with someone other than their spouse more freely, not get in an argument, get sympathy, empathy, you know, whatever. And, and um, like, I get you kind of thing. And then next thing you know, you're not actually um, sharing anything with your spouse. And you begin this slow fate of really not knowing each other one, uh, like you used to. Well, no wonder you stopped communicating. You started, you sh- you started allowing a third person in your marriage that was never designed to be a part of your marriage, and you've stepped out. You step out of those boundaries, and that's one of the things that that can happen without you realize it happening. It just just starts with um, there's this uh, fulfillment, this joy of that communication. Another thing about um, unguarded boundaries is is to be cautious about uh, lingers, uh, looks at linger, you know, where, where you, you find where in the past that um, you've been able to just kind of look at someone and go, oh, they're nice looking, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's some pretty people out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some yep, good look, right. looking people. It's when you you start looking a little bit longer, and it turns that look turns into a lust, if you will, uh, and becomes a revi- a rival in your heart uh, against your spouse. Yeah. So these boundaries, man. If we were to unpack some, yes, yeah, so Jordan, much that we the, could. Uh, go back to Jody. I want you to talk for a second, maybe. Uh, say more about the communication with someone other than your spouse. So are you talking about like sitting down at lunch and having a communication? Are you talking about text messages late at night or are you talking about just, you know, sharing, you know, cat videos? What are you talking about? Yes. No, just all of those. All of those. Okay. Okay. Well, you it. know, when, when you said something about, um, uh, okay, let me just put it this way. Let's say we've um, end of end of our day and we're sitting on the couch together and it's our time to just kind of chill and unwind. We're watching a TV show and then your spouse is picking up the phone and checking text message or communicating back and forth uh, or do an email with someone. 
Um, that time is reserved for you and your spouse. And even though you may be sitting together, doesn't mean that you are together because it's like being present, but yet you're not there. Hmm. And it's encro- encroaching on, on that uh, boundary. Uh, but, but also it's, it's about communicating, um, you know, like I said earlier about things that you ought to be sharing only with your spouse. Yeah, so it could be harm. It could be what we might call harmless communication. It sure. could be work communication. It could sure. be, hey, I was. Uh, this was a funny joke. This is a whatever kind of thing. Or it could be the more intimate stuff that really you and your spouse have just kind of nailed down and said, "This is our talk." When we're talking about feelings, when we're talking about insecurities, mm-hmm. we're talking about our dreams, goals, and desires. If you start sharing that with someone other than your spouse, you've introduced a rival to your spouse, mm-hmm. whether you meant to or not. And ultimately, if I'm hearing Jody right, and I think I am, then you know that person can actually become more of an outlet or attraction for you than even your own spouse. So now you've taken something intimate that should be shared with your spouse, and you're sharing it with a third party, and now they become the primary and your spouse has moved to the outside of the circle. Mm. And uh, and it started over maybe nothing. Right, so right. We yeah. see that we see that probably so more often. often than I was about to say I was about to say that because uh, it it can, if if allowed, be led into an emotional affair. Mm. And for many, you might as well have had an actual intimate physical affair. Because if someone steals your heart, yeah. To gain that back, it's very difficult, though it is possible and you can, but there's a lot of things that um, you've, you need to work together as a couple and perhaps even get someone professional to step in to help you navigate, hey, how did we end up here? Yeah. And then and then let's unpack that, and then how can we prevent ourselves from going back there again? Um, so it's just the... the, the I was I was gonna say the technology of today's mm-hmm. world, but yep. but if we're just honest with each other, it's bef- happening way before then. Yeah. It was happening in the cubicles or in the hallway or at the uh, the water fountain, you know. Um, so yeah. I it's, do it, think technology probably today it is. just because it's so ubiquitous, yeah. and you can you can communicate with someone by liking or sharing or messaging, or you could snap somebody. I don't do snapping, but uh, you could do all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, with someone and think that you've got some level of anonymity and and in reality you're just stealing something from your spouse so I think Mm. uh, one of the things I like about the way you kind of phrase that is you called it out of bounds communication so it doesn't say that it's the same standard for everyone right but it does say that there is a boundary or a standard that a couple may come to and they go hey this is this makes me uncomfortable or this really makes me feel insecure or this bothers me. Would you please not do this? And now that it becomes a hard line that you don't cross yeah. from that standpoint. And so. I, was, I was just going to say one, one more thing on that. Um, if I can get my thought, my thought just slipped me. Um, shoot. What was I going to say? Uh, now that oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, picture you you communicating with this person that you've been communicating for a while if your spouse were to walk in the room mm. and hear you talking come on would you be backpedaling would you be going oh my gosh i'm sleeping on the couch tonight mm. 
if mm. if if that answer is yes, it, it warns a cause uh, cause of a pa- um, a caution there mm-hmm. for you to just go whoa wait a minute that's a good question to be asking myself uh, in that relationship that I am in and it's about doing the work and marriage takes work and intentionality. And if we really love our spouse, we want to honor them. We want to we want to keep our coveted uh, relationship and that bond tight knit, where there's nothing that can um, that we we can prevent, if you will, that fox from nibbling at our marriage. Those are some simple things uh, that we can just do to guard to guard our marriage. Yeah. So, man, I tell you, that's a heavy one right there. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, if, I, if I were to sit down and look at any of them, I would say this one's probably one of the easiest ones to diagnose because it's really a conversation with your spouse to go, hey, has there ever been anything in my communication with anybody that made you uncomfortable or gave you pause or anything? Because if so, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we establish some ground rules so I never do that um, from that standpoint. That may mean phones go down at a certain time of the night may mean you got safe zones we don't talk we don't put our phone up at the table may mean when as jody mentioned when when we're sitting on the sofa in the evening mm-hmm. um if it's not a work emergency we're not doing it and uh and that you know we're willing to share there's never a time where i just drop a text message and go oh never mind it was nothing um you know it's open hey look here it is whatever uh, because we want to make sure that there's boundaries establishing those really are great safe uh, safekeeping mechanisms to keep, they guard you, but they also provide security for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be guarded so that you don't fall off into the slippery slope. And, and now what once was just a fleeting thought becomes something you meditate on and now it's lust or whatever. Um, it's something that you're guarding yourself from, but it also gives security to your spouse. It says you're more valuable than whatever this phone call is. Yeah, that reminds yeah. me of a, uh, one of the boundaries that we set years ago that, that really helped us um, was that we gave uh, full access mm. to all things, passwords, um, email accounts, your phone. Uh, so if you're in the shower, I'm not having to look at your scroll down on your text before you get out of the shower kind of thing. Yeah, you can yeah. just pick up my phone anyway. Right in front of you yep. in, in a respectful way. Uh, not in an accusatory way, but it basically is the point I'm trying to stress with that that picture there is that full access means full access. Mm-hmm. And and that's one it holds one another accountable. And then the other thing is it helps uh, um, um, shore up the security that's of right. the marriage yep. as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. And it's none of these are nobody's immune to these. Mm-mm. And so that's why they're so important is because, uh, well, the whole idea of the, the fox is that this is these are sneaky things mm-hmm. that the enemy wants to put in and divide marriages. So it's important we pay attention to them. So thank you all for sharing so far. We've talked about seven of these, yeah. and we've got a few more. And so we'll pick back up next week. So, so y'all don't miss it. Uh, come back and join us next week and share this with somebody that... Uh, that that you know that could benefit from it as much as you have. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us for the My Home, My Mission podcast. If today's episode was helpful to you, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to contact Chris or Jordan, email us at home at inglewoodbaptist.com.